Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Can I call myself a research paleontologist? <laughs> I almost did, but I stopped myself. <laughs> Welcome to the first ever episode of Matrix Assassins. I am your host, V. Lowe. I'm also a truth archaeologist and a thought exerciser. We also have Nicole, a research paleontologist. I love that for you. I'm ASAP Murph, and I'm a chef of knowledge. Yes. And we are here serving you on our first episode, the archive episode of Matrix Assassins. Volume three. Volume three. So this actually isn't like our first episode. We've been trying to get this up and running for a super, ah, an intermediate long time. Um, but we're really excited to get this up and rolling for you guys because we have a lot of things we'd like to share with you all. So I guess on this little intro episode, we're just going to kind of talk about maybe what was our first red pill and why we're starting this podcast. Nicole, do you- uh, um, so I feel like I was I was kind of born for the whole like you know, like research can even like conspiracy theory related stuff. I I feel like I've always been open-minded ever since pretty much, I would say like middle school, I asked questions constantly and got really interested into like philosophy, different sectors of science, psychology, social sciences. Um, And then I guess my first red pill it's kind of, I mean, I I feel like it, it might be a red pill for others too was when, um, I saw that documentary Zeitgeist. It's on Netflix still, but it came out in like 2000. I feel like it was like 2003 or four. It was quite a while ago. And, um, not that I agreed with like every, everything that came out in that documentary, but it was enough to kind of sort of question like some of the mainstream narratives that are out there. Um, and ever since then, I've just kind of decided to not take things at face value anymore and to sort of think for myself and, and kind of like dig deeper. So I think that's kind of like the highlight overview of where I'm coming from. I feel like you're extremely thorough. Like I <laughs> just with everything that even like you post on Instagram and we hadn't even really talked for, I, I want to say like 10 years that's we insane went, to me. That it's I know. Been, we went to high school together. Yeah. And I started kind of seeing the things you were posting, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is different. Because it wasn't what I was used to seeing. Uh, I think that has to do with uh, right before the shutdown, I was completely, I guess I would say, like, blinded by everything going on. Um, not only blinded, but I think I was just extremely programmed. I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. And it wasn't until the shutdown where I had the time to sit and think about all of the things that were going on that I realized that I was in deep with programming and every, I had built this reality around me. Um, and I think like social media does that kind of like builds this program around you of everything that you're seeking out 
is there. And so it's like this confirmation biased situation. Um, so it wasn't until the shutdown that I thought this is really weird that they're wanting us to stay inside. Just intuitively, I felt that. And then one of my friends showed me the Great Awakening map. I started with Antarctica and made my way <laughs> through that whole map within like three months. Wow. And it was, really it was awesome. honestly such a quick, but the second that everything fell into place, I think one thing too is I'm, I really, really, well, I used to love like celebrity culture. So I found like the symbolism and all of that really fascinating and everything kind of just fell in line. And that's when I realized, wow, like we are really living in a matrix and all of these things around us are these systems that are meant to keep us down. And then that's when I reached out to Murph dog and Murph dog was like, yo, you want to, you want to like really break out of the matrix, stop drinking tap water and get on this fluoride free kick. And I did that and I just felt like instant clarity. And ever since then I've been chasing how to get out of the matrix basically. Murph dog, thank you. Hopefully one day Berkey, isn't it crazy that all three of us have Berkey water systems? Yeah. I think it is. Like what? Yeah, we didn't even realize it until we brought up the fluoride topic. Hopefully one day they can sponsor us. For real. I had that a buddy good. today ask me about it when we were playing golf. Honestly, you really should buy them wholesale. Like you should I know. Buy, you should buy like when I bought now. mine I almost did. Because I had <clears throat> Had like, God, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> That's me like all the time. I had to clear my throat with water brought to you by Berkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when I bought mine originally, I was going to, I had like five or six people that wanted them. I was buying three at the time. And they're like, yeah, we can do a wholesale thing. But a couple people fell out originally. So I was like, damn. Linktree. wasn't even that much of a, <laughs> of a deal. So what the, I don't even know, what's the biggest one that has like six gallons? I think one I of those. Isn't it, isn't there something about the Queen of England having a Berkey? Or really it, it. it could be a myth. I want to look that up. I, I remember know. hearing it though, that, the, that they have it there at Buckingham Palace. I mean, <clears throat> they're definitely not eating McDonald's and all yeah. GMOs. Like, For if sure. anyone's eating good, it's probably the queen. Yeah. But, you know. This whole Meghan Markle thing is so uh, bizarre. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I agree. Gosh. I was just reading. I don't know, I, who is she? I don't know who she really is. I oh, no. She's the girl on yeah. No Deal that opens up the briefcases in a bikini. She was She uh, was one of them? She's very B-list. Was she really one she of them? really B-list. Yes. I yeah. did not know that. Honestly, B-list is a compliment. Oh, no. I thought, wasn't she on some, like, really lame show, too? Like, one Suits? of those? Oh, was that it? Okay. I never yeah. watched it. Yeah, remember Deal or No Deal, where, like, you know, like, the girls yeah. and the bikinis I didn't know she was one of those. Yes. Yeah, I was just seeing, like, um, I, I was looking at this thing on Instagram, and it was showing, um, it was showing her on a yacht. Like, she used to be a yacht girl, too. She was on a couple of yachts with Prince Andrew. The whole thing is just bizarre. I don't know. And you know what his links are. I know, right? Uh. It's like, Oprah, if here's your shot, girl. Like, ask about Prince Andrew. But, of course, like, the whole thing's staged. 
Distraction alert. Yeah, distraction alert for sure. So I guess like some of the things that really interest me um, or that I've been kind of gravitating towards is just the fact, and I think David Icke really delves into this, is just the fact that we really live in this system that is really meant to control us from the food that we eat, from the education system, um, from the tap water, basically everything that we interact with on a daily basis is really not meant to uplift us. And I think that just like really fascinates me. And I, I was so in the matrix for such a long time and didn't really realize like where all this unhappiness came from. And I felt like I was really riding the waves of the systems, um, you know, getting upset by what the news wanted me to be upset about. It's like this manufactured type of emotion. And, you know, you feel constantly empty because your nine to five is not fulfilling you because you're not living out your dharma and you're not feeling good because you are working out like a crazy person and eating fast food and just nothing really seemed to make sense. I also felt like really out of place, like not feeling like I'm bought into like the social constructs in a way. I kind of felt like I, I was just missing something. And then when I started to realize that all of this stuff is fake and all of this stuff is so manufactured and it's meant to keep us down, I really started to like break away from it. And I, my hope is that like to introduce some of these kind of weird topics, um, introducing these weird topics to kind of have people think in a different way. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that, um, you know, our main source of information is from TV and news. And we know that the news has been completely consolidated over the years. I think like back in the 50s or 60s, there were over 50 different networks. And over time now they've consolidated it, consolidated it down to what, like about five. Um, so I just think there's just such control over the messaging and so much money that goes behind the funding and advertisements that are in place to kind of put out a uniform message across the nation and even the world. Um, so I, I completely agree. I think just even talking about this means that we're part of the resistance in a sense. Like I think the first step of exiting the matrix is knowing that you're in the matrix and so this, I think I kind of see this podcast as a way to slowly disengage and to kind of reevaluate like what our purpose is here and how to see through like the facade that's been put up all around us for so long. Yeah, I totally agree with everything that like you have to say about that, because I think it's um, like you don't know you don't know how to get out of prison if you don't even realize that you're in prison and that's the whole premise of introducing these topics to kind of think about things in a different way. And because we think things differently, yes, we are part of the resistance. Um, and I think like even starting this podcast is such a hard left out of the matrix. I would have never thought in a million years that I'd be starting a podcast with my friends talking about the matrix when literally 12 months ago, I was posting a black square on Instagram, uh, CNN constantly on the television, 24 seven, a hardcore feminist and to just look back at it and not be ashamed of it, but you know, because I think a lot of people, when they talk about like their awakening, 
it's not like I reach nirvana. It's not like I'm, I can levitate above the ground and can walk through, you know, walk on water and I'm this, you know, benevolent human being better than everybody else. I'm still figuring my way out of the matrix and I'm just excited to have you guys like along for this journey and to bring like all of these people along with. So if you're listening, we have so many great people that are going to be coming on talking about all of these different topics and variety of topics. And so please stick with us because this is all a journey so we can all figure out a way how to get out of the matrix. I think Nicole, you're way more of a pro than I am. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like a pro or anything. I just think that this is like, this has sort of been like my state of being, but I think it, it kind of like sprung further during this whole lockdown as well, because since we were all stuck inside and I live in an area where like restrictions and lockdowns are a lot more strict than other parts of the country. I think it gave me more time to actually look into all these things that I've always been interested in. And also I noticed like the awakening that was happening globally because of this time that we've had. Um, I think within like the first two months, three months of lockdown, people pretty much like binge watched everything they wanted to. And at that point, what else was left? So the internet is like a free open source of information. They kind of like went down the rabbit hole as they dug in. And I think, you know, we're sort of seeing how now that's played out over time. Of course, it can be used to understand like truth, but it can also be used to really push these like false narratives and this like propaganda that we've become so accustomed to. So I think we're almost like in a split right now where there's a lot, like a huge amount of people that have kind of woken up to what's happening, but then there's also the ones that are still asleep because they've been listening to this messaging that's been put out left and right as well. And I think that's the scariest. I think the media being infiltrated is the scariest thing about it because it is everywhere. And I think a lot of people don't question it like Netflix or Hulu or um, even just like the commercials that were being shown um, and all of the narratives, even, you know, social media accounts that are going viral, they're all inf- infiltrated by these, these narratives and they're, they're being manufactured for a purpose. And, you know, just because they look really cartoonish and really trendy, um, you know, and they're being shared, you know, you just share it because it sounds cool. It looks cool. It looks good on your Instagram feed, but what is really going on is way deeper than that. I think, you know, I, did a lot of PR in grad school. And this is just a lot of like hidden messages, especially Netflix. Like think about it. It is in millions and millions and millions of people's homes. If you don't think for an instant, not only are the shows thought about, but the content is created for that purpose because of the fact that it's in every single home around the world. And so people really should be questioning, like, what are these shows that we are watching? What are these movies that we are watching? And what are the types of narratives that they're carrying out, even on a subtle subconscious basis, um, is super important. I think, you know, little by little, um, these narratives, even if they're just dropping hints here and there, it it will, they collect um, and it creates like a huge a big paradigm shift and uh, creates your reality, especially if you're, you know, you couple that with social media, um, you know, and all of the Google searches that's happening. So really you're creating this reality that they only want you to see. And it takes a lot of, 
self-discipline and time to break out and actually like going against the grain to break out of that. And it's not, it's not easy. I wouldn't, like I said, like, I wouldn't know if somebody just, someone handed me the great awakening map and I'm, I'm naturally a curious person. So obviously like one thing led to another. And I also pride myself on being open-minded and you know, if you pride yourself and I guess there's a difference between being like open-minded and progressive. Now I see the, the leftist media, what they're creating and, you know, being open-minded for trans lives and, you know, different hundreds in different genders, which I understand like that's, that's definitely a different way of thinking, but on the other hand, that is not being open-minded and that's not thinking for yourself. Yeah, they they preach uh, inclusion, but then it's all exclusion. You know, I saw something about Columbia University's like graduation and it was all like individualized graduation like ceremonies for LGBTQ, Asian, Latin American. It's like you want inclusion and then you're excluding everybody into their own subgroups. Yeah. And essentially it's segregation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of priding themselves on, well, I went, I, went, I mean, we went to Florida state. So instead of priding yourselves on, we're all Seminoles, right? Like we all come from this one institution. It's now, now we're black Seminoles. We're Asian. So it's just, we're going back to segregation and it's, it's honestly wild. Um, to kind of think about. I know it's to the point where I think people are afraid to even express an opinion anymore, unless it's like lockstep with the accepted pushed narrative that's out there because we've seen the cancel culture that's in full force now. I mean, people are being canceled left and right, losing careers, like just completely like it's, it's to the point where it's just so extreme that it's actually a liability to even speak your mind anymore. So I think like people, you know, there's like this silent majority, you know, of people that probably feel the same way, but they have to speak out a different way if, if they're, if they're fearful for like their, you know, their livelihood or their family or just their rep their reputation in general. Yeah. Like you can't even speak your mind and people make mistakes. Like that's the other thing. Like, are we not forgiving human beings? Like we've all made horrible mistakes in life. That doesn't mean like we should have second chance. We should believe in second chances and we should, you know, we're all here to learn and grow. And so to just cancel somebody and then to easy to easily get somebody canceled and like they lose their livelihood. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking in the future, like, okay, like what's next? Like, exactly. There's no need for having policemen, police officers. If you're having the woke left come and cancel you. <laughs> yeah. The best one I, you see like somebody get canceled because they dig up an old tweet. It's like, how, the, how do they even find that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> From like 2000. Diving. Yeah. Dumpster diving for 2012. It's like, okay, okay. That was literally 15 years ago. Have we not grown? So, I mean, I kind of have a thought on this whole thing. I think, you know, like the leaks that came out with Snowden and his um, insight into, I mean, hero, traitor, that's an argument any of us can have, but the knowledge is out there. We know what's going on. All of the data that we have online is being captured. It's in a database. It's easily accessible. 
you know, I think that's why it's easy to go back that far and to judge up this information. And I think that's the whole purpose of having this, whatever they call it, like the all eyes or the five eyes that are on all of this. You can pretty much target any person and find something on them. If they become a threat, like you can pull something up and like ruin them. And that's the whole reason why it's so, it's just, it's going to be like the detriment to society because it's basically like blackmail on every single person in existence. Like pretty much everyone has access to the internet now and they're expanding it across the globe, even in remote areas of Africa. Now there's this project it's called project loon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I happened to stumble upon it because I downloaded this random, this flight tracker app. It's called flight 24, like flight radar 24. And it gives you a full map of like all the commercial and even some private and military jets. You Do you know what it is, Merv? Have you heard that one? I don't know if it's that one, but I got a buddy who's a, a pilot and we, uh, he looks at it all the time. Oh, does he? Okay. So yeah. 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 You can literally, like, if you hear a plane flying over, you can pull up the app and see like which um, commercial airline it is, the flight number, the destination, yeah. all of that. Amazon we're, packages. Yeah, exactly. We were driving back from Jacksonville yesterday and uh, driving the coastline. And uh, when we used to fly last year a lot, we'd go to St. Simon Island in Georgia and go to this barbecue place. We see all, saw a CIA plane and like looked it up on that app and saw its call sign as Wolfhound. Mm. And so yesterday, yeah, that's that has yesterday been- we're driving and we see this plane flying low over like the like uh, what's it called just like the sh- sh- uh, flats and stuff. And uh, we, my buddy was like, "That looks like uh, that CIA plane." Literally, this was last February. And they looked it up on the app, and it was Wolfhound. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. But back to the internet. I mean, it basically, you know, like, there's a a file on everyone. And so the Project Loon that I I actually discovered through the app is there's these balloons. Like, they come up on the map as little circles. And they're in, like, really remote parts of Africa, even out in the ocean in different places. It's a balloon that goes up in the air to distribute Wi-Fi in really remote areas. So it's like a project to bring Wi-Fi to places where it hasn't been before. And I, cool. I don't know. It's it's cool. Like, it, it's, it's going to be a good thing. But at the same time, just going back to the whole, like, revelations that we've gotten from Snowden, that there's everything's being archived and it's it's there to blackmail i think essentially and you know i mean it's they said it was for terrorism yeah maybe i mean but it also has other far-reaching implications as well and i think we're just starting to see the beginning of it yeah and i think like here's the thing when you problem with like they're already building the whole domestic terrorism narrative and so they're going to continue you know utilizing that as a fear tactic yeah definitely and it's also going to probably reach into the whole social credit system that's already been rolled out in China. Um, So depending on like how compliant you are, depending on like who you know or who your friends are or, you know, what you watch or what you search online can all be used as a, you know, something that can score what type of a citizen you are. And then that leads to what access you have. So it's like, you know, if you don't score as high as say, like, say you don't watch mainstream, you know, this is just an example. I don't know if they would use this, but say you don't watch mainstream and you get your news somewhere else or you're interested in other topics, you might score lower. So what does that mean? Maybe you're, you're not able to, you know, get on a flight because you've looked up 
you know, a conspiracy theory here or there or whatever. Like, who knows? The implications are endless, but it's already going on in China and it's only a matter of time that it could spread to, you know, the United States, European countries and across the world. Have you seen that episode on Black Mirror? No, I never, I I haven't. So everybody tells me you should watch Black Mirror. I think I tried one episode and I didn't get into it for some reason. And I I need to go back to it. Okay. If I send you that episode, (laughs) it was was probably one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite episodes, but Black Mirror is predictive programming. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. like the caviar predictive programming, you know, it's really well done. I'm excited to talk about predictive programming. Um, I'm excited to talk about Loosh. I'm excited to talk about uh, the narratives that are going on. And this really isn't a political, we, we this won't be political because I feel like, you know, that's even a system within itself and uh, a means of just kind of giving your energy um, to something that you can definitely put your energy towards other things. And so, yeah, I'm really excited that, you know, we're finally starting this and It'll be fun. It's, it's not that long. Time. It's not that long. I no, mean, tell me. I haven't been. <sighs> I just kind of took an exit. Yeah. From all that lately, but I, I need to probably understand. So I know you both have probably seen that video of Bill Gates and Melinda Gates when they're being interviewed. I forget like how long ago it was. And they talk about how the second wave, which I don't think we've actually experienced yet, but like, or they'll say the next one will get their attention. Have you seen that footage? Okay. Um, so they're already, you know, like there's already messaging going out that there's going to be like another wave, even after people are getting vaccinated. We know there's like all these multiple strains that are coming out. We're starting to get the illusion that things are going to like start to go back to normal because things are opening up. There's States that are dropping the mask mandates But there was just um, an interview that came out about maybe like two weeks ago now, and it just resurfaced today. Um, I think it's just starting to spread more. And it's from a a doctor who is interviewing um, like a virologist researcher that's worked on vaccine development. And he's pretty much like putting his entire career on the line by speaking out against what's going on because he, even though he's pro vaccine and has worked on all these vaccines over time, he's even like worked in within like the Bill and Melinda Gates funded projects and all these other things. He doesn't think that we should be vaccinating on a mass scale in the middle of a pandemic. Um, because as you know, like in the past with polio and some of these other vaccines that came out, they emerged at a time when the actual, um, viruses were on the decline. So it wasn't like an epidemic at the time as much anymore, but they still wanted to vaccinate people against it. Well, now we're in like a live pandemic where people are constantly exposed. And there's a concern that he has that by having all these people vaccinated with this like mRNA technology that makes your cells create the protein that's on the, you know, the spike protein on the cell that the antibody response is going to be so strong that anytime people are actually exposed to the virus again, and if it mutates, which it already has multiple times, those antibodies are going to pretty much take over the immune response that we would have naturally without the vaccine. And they're concerned that like they're going to be live hosts that are going to continue to spread the virus and allow it to mutate even further without letting people reach that natural herd immunity. So he thinks that it's going to turn into like a super strain in a sense. Like it's almost like the plot to what was that movie where 
they I forget it was like I am legend or something oh yeah it's it almost like follows that plot where it's like people were like mass vaccinated and it it just like doesn't turn out the way that you think like on an individual level yes for the current virus maybe it offers some protection but the issue is going forward as it continues to develop and you keep hearing about all the strains and everything that it's not going to be of service to humanity if anything it could completely make it worse and it it also makes it worse for the people that have already gotten it because their immune system from now on going forward has been adulterated like it's not going to react the same anymore and it's the same thing with the concern about like priming people there's already been animal studies like they've been trying to develop a vaccine for these coronaviruses for so long and there's a reason it took forever and like it hadn't happened yet it's because like these animals were dying and they weren't showing good results so i don't know it goes into like the whole thing about the depopulation agenda um i i don't know but like he has like a whole presentation on it um i downloaded it it's like in my ibooks right now and i need to get through it but i just listened to like most of the interview and then even highwire del big tree did like a breakdown of it too and kind of it's easier to digest because he sort of like shows the clips and then like talks about it and like he'll like you know he has like the whiteboard and he kind of like tells you more about it but it's crazy so are they are they saying that in the event that there is a second strain that this will turn into a super strain basically i you probably already know that the vaccine protects against severe symptoms so it's supposed to reduce hospitalizations but we don't know whether or not it really reduces transmission or infection. So if anything, that means that like the vaccinated people can become asymptomatic carriers. And so the problem is that like that's going to allow the virus to continue like moving its way through the population and then it'll mm. continue to con- to mutate going forward. And so at some point, once the other strains become predominant, like we keep hearing South African strain, like, you know, UK strain, whatever, it's going to get to the point where even the vaccinated are not going to have protection once the virus learns how to kind of get around how to this mutate fix. it. And that's the problem because if it if we just kind of left it alone and kind of let it run its course like its natural course like all viruses kind of do on their own then it would have provided more people to have like that herd immunity um that ability to like fight it themselves of course there's going to be deaths but regardless there's going to be deaths and the concern is that there's going to be like mass deaths like if we allow it to kind of go unchecked with this you know like asymptomatic spread and i don't know it's kind of crazy like i need to kind of go into it deeper but he wrote like an entire letter to the world health organization And did like a presentation at some recent summit and like, it's just now getting attention. I think I saw like last I checked on YouTube, it has over like 500,000 views. And he's like, he's not even saying, I think this or that, like, he's like convicted. He's like certain. He's like certain. He's like, I don't know why people aren't like considering this. They're too focused on like just individuals. Like right now it, it, he's like, this is a short term solution to like a long-term problem. Like we For need sure. to think about like the global long-term, not just like, Oh, you know, this will protect people from dying like in the next like six to however many months. Like there's no way to keep up with the 
the number of variants that there's going to be. Like they already have said, you know, like, of course they're going to pull the BS that they pull with the flu shot where it's like, we know from any season, the flu shot can be anywhere from like 19% effective to up to maybe at best 70. And they're always trying to guess the strain, like, you know, a year in advance, like, Oh, what's the, what's the predominant one going to be next year? There's no way to keep up. Like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think too, like now that that's and the energy too, kind of just, the energy that I feel when I, when I'm out is people are like my cousin, for instance, he, we have family in El Salvador. And Mm -hmm. so he got vaccinated. And the first thing he did was go to El Salvador because he's vaccinated, you know, and did he even wait like the two weeks after this? Yeah. 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 He wait, but the fact that, but the thing is, is like there, you know, you get vaccinated, you wait the two weeks, Mm -hmm. you, you get your second dose, you wait, whatever. Um, and then after that, and it's finalized, it's like, okay, I'm safe now. So now everybody's kind of you know, more relaxed and they're, and they're going out. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to be that obviously like will have a cause in, in a way kind of just people are traveling more often because they think that they're okay with the vaccine. And I think now that I see things with like a different lens, I look at things kind of from a very, like, like a subtle, aspect like I see like with like social media or like commercials for instance like I mm-hmm. ever, like can't wait to get the vaccine like la da 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 there's like, a so you see major campaign about that major right major yeah. social media campaign dollars mm-hmm. so the new COVID relief bill one billion dollars is being allocated to basically like prop up this vaccine and put out the yes. messaging. Yeah. And you can see, you can see it too. And then yeah. you, you look at Facebook and you see, Oh, COVID vaccine. Like you see that even like from, do you have the app like GIF where you like no. search different GIFs it and comes like you up can send that. them to your friends. So mm-hmm. like if you tap in, if you like type in vaccine or like most recent, it's like, can't like, let's all get vaccinated. Like, yay, I'm vaccinated. You would go on Instagram. You want to put in a little sticker. It's like the, like most common ones it's talking about, you know, yay, I got vaccinated. Yeah. And so when you see it from like, when you see these structures yes. being printed on your conscience, mm-hmm. full force, like you, that should be a huge red flag. And it is to a lot of people. That's the mm-hmm. great thing. It is to people that yeah, like, have awakened and have gotten out of the matrix and can see it for what it is. The problem is, is everybody that has, is, is still sleeping and this is just infiltrating their subconscious and they're just regurgitating the same message. Because Those you are can't, the- that repetition, that conditioning, you cannot turn on the news without discussion about the vaccine or about COVID. Mm-hmm. Like it's been nonstop it's every constant. single day, 24 seven. It's like, pretty funny. Oh, are they? You pulled them up. Yeah. Oh, nice. the, what did you pull up? The gifts. He oh Yeah. Yeah, it, there's one with like SpongeBob. He like does his hands in a rainbow, and he's like, "I'm vaccinated." It's like, yes, and and then you kind of oh, proudly no. vaccinated. Oh, yeah. It makes me sick. It's so it subtle. It's so subtle. It's in you know your emojis. It's in yep. And but, and those are the types of that's how your that's how people's realities are being created these days. And so, you know, when it's subconsciously in every single program, it's in the Snapchat filter, it's in the Instagram filters, it's in the gifts that you choose. It's subconsciously on your Facebook feed. It is being subconsciously programmed on the commercials when Mm -hmm. you're doing, you know, it's just constantly on. And I've just turned, I've just learned to turn this shit off. Just turn it off. 
If you yeah. turn off your television and you delete your Instagram, you would have no, especially if you live in Florida like we do, you would have no idea. Oh my gosh, I see all the on. videos and the things from, yeah. Daddy DeSantis. It is, yeah, seriously. <laughs> he it's takes like care whole, of us. It's like a whole different world there. That's, I saw a pretty classic video of him earlier. If he's at some, I don't know, he's somewhere where they have like the motorcycle in a little cage thing and he, he was like holding a dollar like that. The motorcycle guy came uh-huh. up and grabbed it for a little. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Florida. Yeah. It's just mind boggling to me. Like, if you think it just in terms of numbers, it's like they're totally preying off of the fear of death. You know, like it's like, so the virus, yes, there's horrible extreme cases. Those get highlighted in the media. You know, like even my cousins that are nurses and like they're working in the ICU, like they see it on a different level too because like they're around it every single day and they're getting the worst of the worst cases. But you still can't extrapolate like the number of people that are in the ICU on a normal season. Even when we had a normal flu season, the hospital capacity was running at like 85, 90, even up to 95% in a normal flu season. So it's no surprise, like, when this started going on, like, it was sort of, like, a shock to the system because we're woefully underprepared even for our own flu season. Like, they don't want to staff hospitals because it cuts into profits. Nurses always complain about staffing issues. Like, they're constantly being in these, like, predicaments where they're uncomfortable taking care of X number of patients. So I just think it's, like, I don't know. I could go on and on forever, but it just, like, really bothers me to see what's happening. I mean, I know a lot of nurses, too, that they their hours got cut. A lot of of primary care offices, they were shut down. They care completely shut down all of their offices during the pandemic because they were like, we don't have anybody coming in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that cruise ship that they sent to New York, and I think they never used, or like even out to California, I think. Yeah, they never used it. There were even like... You know, there were there were even like media outlets that were being accused of staging some of like the footage. Like they'd go into a hospital, or like they'd be reusing photos from like other times. Like it's just it's like a massive. I don't know. Like I I, I don't know. And then the flu cases that have plummeted. Like what yeah, about that? Influ- influenza is oh on a two-year hiatus. Well, you guys know why that is, though, right? It's because they attribute it to social distancing and yeah. wearing masks. Yes, because we're all washing our hands, duh. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing a really good job, you guys. <laughs> I know. I, like, my dad is a doctor, and he's like, yeah, that is exactly why, Victoria, that the flu is down, is because we're all washing our hands and we're all social distancing. And I'm just like, wow. You know, and then you kind of start, like, then when it, when it, when you have doctors too, this is where it's like the, the era of the expert. We are all experts here. We're all experts of our own bodies. We have an inner knowing. We have experience, critical thinking. Just because a doctor is telling you that you're wrong or, you know, that, oh, they're doctors and they're experts and you need to listen to them. Most people, yeah, obviously they kind of give up their, their sovereignty and they will listen to that. But don't like, you know, yourself, you know, when things are not right, you know, when this just doesn't feel right. And there's just so, there's just so much programming that goes on when it comes to doctors and allopathic medicine that they are in their own realm. And you see doctors that break out and that are talking out against it, but then they get silenced. 
And, you know, of course, these, these, uh, doctors that get silenced are complete. They're having their whole career smeared. It's a just huge smearing campaign. Um, and it's really yeah, sad and to it's, see. The thing is, is like, I see it as they have a function. It's like, of course, if you, if you get hit by a car or like you're, lo- you're about to lose a limb or some acute critical situation, of course, like you want to go to the hospital to get that taken care of. But as far as like taking care of your own health long term and trying to find ways to like have long lasting, sustainable health, you're not going to want to just like go to, am I off? Oh, it's not, it's not picking up. Yeah, it's a little closer. You're not going to want to, you know, be treated just like you don't want to be on a pharmaceutical drug your entire life if you can like make other modifications or changes. But the issue is that it's so profitable, like they want their they want a drug for every single thing so that they can make as much money as possible off of it. But we all know that the allopathic medicine model has ties to like the Rockefellers and all of that. And that gets into like a whole other thing. I know, literally, like you ask one doctor, hey, do you remember that course on vaccines? It's literally an hour. It's the same thing with nutrition too. They have no idea about nutrition either. No idea. They they get like six hours on it. Yeah, no idea. You actually ask like a primary care doctor about the vaccine and have them go into depth about the vaccine. They will not be able to tell you. Or what ingredients are in it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll just like answer around it. But none of them with a straight face can actually intelligently tell you what they're about to put in your body because <laughs> yeah. they don't know themselves. It's just all messaging and all programming. They're just regurgitating what they're being told. And then you add on the expert, you know, variant with that. And it's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So yeah, don't let anybody gaslight you. That's what I'm <laughs> so, starting to learn is like, I'm not crazy. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is insane. And I'm, I'm stepping out of this because this just does not make sense. And I hope other people too, that, you know, are going to be listening to matrix assassins feel like a sense of community here that y'all aren't crazy and you're not wrong to think these types of things. And it's okay to have these certain types of thought exercises and think differently and think against the grain. Um, you know, it's free thought over here. Free, free thinking, <laughs> free thinking, free vibes, positive vibes, positive <laughs> vibes only knowledge is power. Should we wrap this bad boy up? Murph dog. Are you sprinkling this stand dripped and kip? I think that's, you know, it's so valuable. Like knowledge is power and just, deciphering things for yourself and really learning how to use your intuition. And when your gut says like, Oh, this just seems off. There's a reason like our bodies are, are the most advanced technology that we have. And we're so used to looking for external factors to validate us when we are all knowing and we are our own universe. And so it's super important to just like empower ourselves and really reclaim our power and take the power back from the matrix. Because I think I always say this, like once you learn how to get out of the matrix, then you can go back in and make the matrix your bitch on the reg. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening again. I can't say how excited we are to start this podcast and 
to make friends and to learn along the way. Again, like I am no expert at how to break out of the matrix, but I am so excited that you guys are coming along for this journey <sighs> because it's all about how to hack the matrix. Ice water turn Atlantic, night calling in a phantom. Told them, hold it, don't you panic. Took an yeah. island, flat the mansion. Drop the roof, more expansion. Drive a coupe, you can stand it. Your bitches undercover. I'm an ass and titty lover. Guess we all meant for each other. Now that all the dogs free. Yeah, yeah.